And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the podcast you've all been waiting for, Legacy Story with Adam Solomini. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. It's great to be back with you again. I know, I know. I've heard you, read your comments, read your emails. Why haven't you been doing your show every week? Hey, where's the show? What's going on with my latest episodes? That's been the common theme. Have no fear, though. We will be getting back on track to having an episode every single week. But, you know, as I've said before, life happens. We've had some vacations. We have one more coming up, and I've done some new things with my vacations, and that is completely unplugging. I don't bring my laptop. I don't check emails as much as I usually do. It's pretty much focus on family time. Heck, I wasn't even on, heck, I was on social media even less than I usually am. We were able to take a little break in the cabin for a little bit too, so that was fun. But I promise you we will be back into the swing of things. And I wanted to tell you that, yes, I did hear you guys out there in the audience who said they needed their fix of Legacy Story. So let's get into today's episode, shall we? Today, I want to talk a little bit about competition. Healthy competition. You know, March and sports is one of my favorite times of the year. March Madness. There's just something about college basketball this time of year that is thrilling exciting and sometimes nerve-wracking especially if your team is in the NCAA tournament and even their conference tournaments which usually happens at the beginning of March. I've said before and you probably know I have really two favorite teams for college basketball. One the San Diego State Aztecs because I graduated from there. I try to go to as many basketball games as I possibly can even though I'm in Texas. I was actually fortunate enough to go to the NCAA tournament here in the DFW area and watch my Aztecs play Crichton. And I really don't want to talk about that game, but uh, Crichton moved on. San Diego State went home. It was a rough game to watch, especially considering we were up by as much as, I think, 14 and blew the lead late. Crichton, however, the competition... In those kids, even though they really only had seven players that they were playing in. Late in the game, their star center got hurt. Another one of their star players fouled out. They just kept competing. Next man up, right? My other favorite team is the Michigan Wolverines. I've been a fan of theirs since I was a little kid, especially the Fab Five. Not to mention that uh, my brother is a USC fan. My dad is a Notre Dame fan. And there was a little natural rivalry that was created by choosing the Wolverines when I was a little kid. But with Michigan, everyone counted them out. I was a little surprised they even made the tournament, as were other people. But they made it in, whether you like it or not, and they started winning. Now they are in the Sweet 16. And they really did it without their star point guard, who was hurt. Before I go any further, this episode is not about sports. It's not about basketball. Although... Because of the time of the year, it really does lead into what we're going to be talking about today, and that is competition, healthy competition. How healthy competition and the mindset of a competitor can help you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life. 
These kids in the NCAA tournament, they put a lot of work into their craft, into playing basketball. They don't just start playing basketball when school starts and end when school's over. They are pretty much preparing for this, especially high-level athletes, athletes that are in Division One, Division Two, Division Three, whatever division, any collegiate sport. They're putting a lot of work in virtually every day. So there's a lot of things that you can take away that you can parallel in your personal life, in your business life with these gifted athletes. I just said one, putting work into your craft every single day. That is key. Now for others, competition is what drives them. Could be their competition that they see in a different business, a rivalry. Could be competition among friends. Could be competition with somebody that has the same goals as you. Somebody that wants to achieve the same things that you want to achieve. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now, some of you might say, well, you know, I don't really compete. I'm not really, I don't really have a competitive nature. Maybe some of you even say, I really don't have any competition. I'm the best at what I do. Well, that's okay. But I don't necessarily think that's true. I think everybody has a competitive nature. Some may need to draw it out within themselves. Some may not have felt how competition pushes you, takes you to that edge that you need to be at in order to improve, take you out of your comfort zone so you can learn, so you can become better, so you can achieve greater things. So I might push back a little bit. And to those that are saying, I don't have a competitive nature, I'm not a competitive person, I would say that maybe you aren't pushing yourself enough. Maybe you should look at ways where you can harness healthy competition, a healthy competitive nature. Draw it out with it, shall we say. To those that say, well, I don't really have any competition. There's really nobody out there to compete with. I really don't have any rivals. I'll push back on that too. To me, when someone says that in a coaching session, it usually is coming from somebody that is competitive. However, they feel that they are above any competition where they really haven't looked into potential rivalries within whatever it is that they're hoping to achieve. So in a coaching session, I would challenge them as I am challenging you. If that sounds familiar, I'm challenging you and pushing back a little bit because there is competition out there. You probably are not the very best at what you do. And if you are, well, then there's probably something else that you need to accomplish. And there's probably some competition in that. On a side note, then we would get into, you know, their why. Why do they feel that they're the best one? What's next for them? Okay, if that's what is next for them, why is that? And go layers and layers and layers deep into why. Because even those at the top of their game are never satisfied in absolutely everything. There's something else that they want to conquer. Something else they want to accomplish. Many times we can accomplish these things a lot quicker and at a higher level through competition. So that's what we're going to talk about. When we're talking about competition, one thing that I want to point out is for a lot of people, it implies that there is a winner and there is a loser. And I would say in uh, this case, in these situations that we're talking about competition today, I would say really there are no winners and there are no losers because you are gaining something from the competition. You are being pushed. You're being taken to that edge that you need for growth. So in some circumstances, you might actually set up, yes, there's a competition and you're going to set the competition up and there will be a clear winner 
However, the competitors are really just helping each other through the competition. Now, if we're talking business and you're competing against another business, uh, you're not probably trying to put them out of business. You're trying to probably sell more than them. You're probably trying to generate more clients than them. But that doesn't mean that they're going to have zero sales or zero clients. Let's make up a scenario for this case. Uh, let's say that you are a health and fitness coach and you know another health and fitness coach. They might be even in the same gym. They might be in different gyms. But you create a friendly competition on who could get the most clients in the month of April. Now, at the end of April, you're going to calculate everything. You're going to check off all the boxes, see who has the most boxes checked off, whatever those boxes may be. And yes, there will be a clear winner, but you both will have pushed each other to be better. So is there really a loser in this situation? I don't think so. I hope that makes sense. So let's talk about a friendly competition. Let's talk about, you know, whether it is in the example I had just mentioned, maybe is you and a friend that have something in common that you're trying to achieve. Maybe it is somebody uh, that's an acquaintance that, let's say, is in a Facebook group that you want to have a competition with to push your boundaries. Let's say it is a colleague at work that you want to have a competition with. Here are some things that you want to do in order to create that friendly competition. First, you'll want to pre-plan. Without a previously determined goal and a map of measurable steps, there really is no competition. So you'll want to figure out what the ultimate goal is, whether or not you're going to have benchmarks along the way, what rules you may or may not have. And then individually, you want to plan out what you are going to do in order to be at the top at the end of the predetermined time frame. You'll want to incentivize the challenge. Maybe the loser will have to wear a t-shirt, post something all over their social media. Maybe it will be money. Maybe it will be something as simple as a trophy. Perhaps your competition is about running. Maybe the winner will get a pair of running shoes. Could be big or small, but it should be motivating. Next, you'll want to make sure you have a way to track progress or track what needs to be tracked throughout the competition. If it's a losing weight competition, are you going to track it daily? Or are you going to track it weekly? You need to figure it out. Now, notice how I've been saying healthy competition over and over again. If things become too competitive, you guys need to call timeout. Yes, call timeout. Maybe you need to reassess your goal. Maybe you need to change the objective so that all parties are pushing one another towards a similar achievement and are working together in the process and not necessarily working against each other in an unhealthy way. So keep that in mind. Make sure that this is a healthy competition. You know, there is science, believe it or not, behind the idea of competition being a key to success. There's actually a 2009 study by Steven Garcia that shows competition is most motivating when there are fewer players. So small competitions are actually more motivating. For those of you that are in business, having a rival is actually good. So when I'm talking about competition here, you can also flip that with rival, right? When you have a rivalry. Jolene Grover Seaver, PhD, professor of psychology, says you need a rival. In 2016, Seaver conducted a study of professional archers to demonstrate the benefits of having a rival present in a competitive sport. 
Seaver found that the very fact that the archers were in a competition wasn't what made them perform better as much as it was the fact that somebody they perceived as similar to themselves was also competing. She said, when we see someone else just like us being able to complete a task and gain the recognition we seek, we up our game to achieve these outcomes for ourselves. Ultimately, what you're doing is you're trying to activate the brain's reward centers. Winning a competition activates the reward centers in your brain and produces a rush of dopamine. So for those of you who say you don't have a competitive nature, there's actually brain chemistry that says that that is a bunch of baloney, right? Once you experience this rush, you're motivated to experience it again and again, leading you want to be part of a competition. Now, if you're in an unfriendly competition or something that you haven't come up with yourself, uh, losing that uh, may actually push people to avoid competition. So it may be possible that you say you don't have a competitive nature, but it could be that you're just avoiding it because you've been involved in competitions in the past and you haven't really lived up to your own expectations. When you have a friendly competition, remember, there really are no losers because what you're actually trying to do is accomplish a goal or achieve something that you haven't achieved before. On a side note, did you know that a brain's reward centers can actually be activated by simply doing a difficult task? For those who don't enjoy competition and are trying to avoid them, challenges might be a great way to experience the same brain-boosting effects of a competitive environment without all of the negative emotions that can come from competition from what you've experienced in the past. What are the upsides of competition, though? Well, competition provides validation. Competition helps you find your edge, the edge that is needed for growth. Someone that is similar to you or even better than you will push you beyond the limitations that you often place on yourself. It will drive you to achieve more than you had ever imagined possible. It raises the bar, your own bar, and that's the most important bar, not the bar down the street with the drinks. You know what I mean. Competition also drives creativity. If you have a rival in business that seems to be doing better than you and they've upped their game and you've noticed this, you may find creative ways to differentiate yourself, innovate, expand your knowledge and your horizons. Now remember, competition is not comparison. Do not conflate the two. Competition is not comparison. Comparison oftentimes is unhealthy, so you want to stay away from the comparison and move towards competition. One of the most valuable things that competition creates in a person is the ability to really work. When you're competing with someone, you only get what you earn. If you want to do better than your opponent, you need to work harder than them. You have to dig deep and push through obstacles. When you run into problems, you can't quit. If you do, you'll never reach your goal and you won't grow. It's easy to coast along or let your work ethic slide if you do not have something or someone pushing you towards a goal. Competition gives you an added incentive and provides the motivation necessary to work just a little bit harder, regardless of whether that means doing a few more push-ups or running just one more mile or taking that online class that will up your skills. Competition involves setting goals and working hard to reach those goals. It also requires a person to make sacrifices to reach those goals. 
If you want to be the fastest runner on the team, then you have to put in the extra time. If you want to be the best free throw shooter, you're going to be at the free throw line shooting free throws for hours on end. Yes, I'm still not over us missing some key free throws at the end of that game. Come on, Aztecs, let's get to the free throw line and practice. Practice, practice, practice. From now until November. Let's go. But I digress. <laughs> right? To reach a goal in the future, you need to have to sacrifice in the present. It means you might have to miss that night out with the ladies. You might have to miss that baseball game with your buddies. If you want to be the best, you have to put in the extra work. Competition forces you to decide what matters more. The goal that you have set for yourself or a bit of fun in the present. Delayed gratification is an essential part of success, but it is not a lesson everyone learns easily. Few things will hammer that lesson home better than competition. Now, if this inspires you to create a competition, I want you to keep a couple things in mind, okay? A poor outcome does not reflect on your worth as a person. When you're engaging in competition, it is inevitable that sometimes you will fail. For someone who is not used to failing, it can be easy to take defeat personally. It can also make you question yourself. You may think that the fact that you didn't win or you fell short of your goal means that you personally failed somehow. The competition should actually teach you the opposite. A poor outcome does not mean that you are somehow worth less than you would have been if you had succeeded or won. If you have many competitions, it's inevitable you're going to suffer a defeat. The odds are, especially if you are trying to compete with someone that is a little bit above you in whatever goal that you have in common, maybe even if they're a lot better than you in the goal that you have in common, odds are you're going to have to deal with a large number of failures before you even manage a win. It doesn't mean that you aren't good at what you do. It just means that you made some mistakes or you need to hone in on certain skills. And those mistakes will force you to realize that failure is a better teacher than success. Success is often a mixture of your skill, your opponent's mistakes. That's not to minimize the amount of work that goes into achieving success. If you happen to win the competition, you know, that isn't going to minimize that. But it will illustrate that success is only a mediocre teacher. Failure is the better teacher. That's why you want to make sure that the competition is actually going to push you push the other person or push all of the people that are in the competition because really that's what it is all about. Now I just mentioned that maybe you want to have a competition with somebody that is a lot better than you in whatever it is that you want to create the competition for, right? That will certainly help you push you to the edge that is needed for growth. It's going to test your limitations. It's going to show you what you need to work on and you never know you could actually be better than that person and you're just not giving yourself enough credit. That competition could raise your skill levels to a point you didn't even know was possible. And you could be successful in that competition and learn a lot of things along the way. I was talking about NCAA basketball and the big dance, the NCAA tournament. And I'll give you an example using what just happened this last week. There's a school. A small school in Jersey City, New Jersey. It's called St. Peter's. They're in the MAAC, the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Not a big conference. A lot of small schools. They play in a gym that holds 3,200 people. As a matter of fact, their conference hasn't really seen 
too many wins in the NCAA tournament. They were the 15th seed out of 16, if you didn't know. And they were playing the number two seed in their very first game of this year's tournament. That number two seed was Kentucky. And absolutely nobody, except for maybe some Peacock fans. They're the Peacocks. Nobody thought that they were going to win. Previously in the NCAA tournament, they hadn't won a single game. They had actually only been three times before. 1991, 1995, and 2011. In 2011, the last time that they made the tournament, they only scored 43 points and lost to the number three seed at the time, Purdue. They actually hadn't even been to the NIT since 1989. The NIT is a secondary tournament. It happens around the same time as the NCAA tournament for those that didn't make the NCAA tournament, or at least a select few. They don't invite everybody. They weren't even conference regular season champions this year. They had to win their tournament, their conference tournament, in order to get into the NCAA tournament. And they won. And they hadn't done so since 2011. So the MAAC usually only puts in one team a year. That's it. It's whoever wins their conference tournament. That's who gets in. It doesn't matter if another team had won the regular season. doesn't matter. According to the powers that be in basketball and their conference, that's who makes the tournament. And they made it. They made it into the tournament. But they were playing Kentucky, the number two seed. At the time, the fifth ranked team in the country. No shot, right? Well, lo and behold, they took Kentucky into overtime and they won. The level of competition that they faced was so high that they themselves had to increase their own level of competition. They had to focus intently on the skills that they needed to focus on in order to win that game. They had to create the game plan in order to succeed and they had to follow through with it. So congratulations, you won. Well, it's not over. You win, you're going to play again. And they played Murray State. Murray State was the 19th ranked team in the nation. Now, most people wanted St. Peter's to win that game, but they weren't favored. They weren't favored to win that game. A lot of the experts thought, you know, the ride was over. They just caught lightning in a bottle. But they were playing higher competition, and they had to do the same thing. They had to be taken to the edge of their comfort levels in order to get to the next level, to take their game to the next level. And you know what? They won again. And now they're in the Sweet 16. And congratulations, you have to face a three seed. And who's that three seed? The same three seed that they faced the last time they played in the NCAA tournament, Purdue. So I hope that inspires you. I hope that inspires you to want to create a competition whether it's with friends or coworkers, people that want to achieve the same goal as you, people in the same industry as you, maybe even a business that you see as a rival or a person that you see as a rival. Maybe you want to take it to the next level and go against somebody that is on a whole different level than you, or at least in your own mind, so you can become the St. Peter's to their Kentucky. If you are still... Heck no, I'm not going to do a competition. That's not me. I might do a challenge. I can tell you in coaching sessions that I do, often I do create challenges. I challenge my clients so they can up their game as well. So you can always reach out to me if that's something that you're looking for. Well, that's all for today's episode of Legacy Story. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. 
Plus, don't forget to follow me on social media at Your Legacy Story, except for Twitter, which is The Legacy Story. And you can also follow me at Infinancer. If you're interested in powerful, meaningful, and impactful coaching, you can book a discovery session with me. It will cost you $0, but it will give you a taste of what powerful coaching actually is. You can book that through infinancer.com. I-N-F-I-N-A-N-C-E-R.com. Until next time, ciao.